And welcome, friends, to Generations. This is Kevin Swanson, your host, and Adam McManus, our host on theworldview.com, is with me on this edition. Adam, welcome. It's good to have you with us today. Thank you. Well, today, tragedy and uh, tribulation, and of course, the Christian life is not without that. As we read in Acts 14, 22, uh, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God, and uh, certainly we're seeing that. We're entering into an age of much difficulty and tribulation for Christians, not just in this country, but all around the world, and uh, certainly persecution increasing uh, in this country, and we want to get to that in just a few minutes. But first, real tragedy has has struck. Uh, New York Post picked up this story, as did the Columbus newspapers. It was our friend, Mark Robinette, tragically perished in a house fire, I believe it was on Tuesday. Uh, details are still a bit sketchy. Adam, but uh, you will cover that on theworldview.com. It appears that uh, he went in to rescue two of his sons in the house fire and perished in the flames, and all three died. And then three other family members were saved, though. Uh, Praise God for that. But, uh, wow, Mark Robinette will be missed. Um, He was uh, certainly a important uh, part of this ministry at one time. You remember he was kicking, helping us to kick off the worldview.com. This would have been, I would say, eight years ago when we first launched the idea. And uh, wow, he was, uh, he was an important part of that. He raised money for the Myanmar uh, ministries during some of those trying times for that nation. And, uh, and also, Mark published several books on Myanmar, which uh, we have featured on the program. So Mark was a friend. We worked together on a number of projects. You remember working with him, don't you, Adam? I do. Mark Robinette wrote the newscast twice a week, and I got a chance to interact with him often over the phone and by text. He was just a, a faithful, godly man, father, husband, and I had a chance to meet him in person at... I believe it was your Freedom 2015 conference in Des Moines, Iowa. I think so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. That would have been 2015. Uh, But, uh, wow, a very, very significant tragedy has struck the Robinette family, and our prayers are with them. Uh, And I encourage folks to to be praying for Andrea and the children uh, for the time being. Uh, His family lost everything in the fire, as far as we know. We don't have that many details as yet, but there are at least two GoFundMe fundraisers going on, uh, providing hopefully some $100,000 each to help the family get back on their feet after uh, this devastating loss. So we'd recommend that folks get on GoFundMe.com and and uh, help help out the family. This is a time in which they need our support and our prayers for sure. Mark Robinette's last name is Robin, like the bird, E-T-T-E, Mark Robinette, R-O-B-I-N-E-T-T-E. Just put that in the search engine at GoFundMe.com. And again, you'll find two fundraisers. Both have a goal of $100,000. One is raised about 51000 the other about 41000 And the names of the two children who died in the flames with their father, Mark, who was trying to rescue them, Gideon, age 17, Liam, age 10. As I understand it, all their material possessions were burned up in the flames as well as these three precious souls. John fifteen thirteen comes to mind, which says, Greater love has no man than this 
that he laid down his life for his friends. In this case, for his own family. Mark was willing to mm-hmm. lay down his mm-hmm. life for his mm-hmm. children. He was, he was uh, eschewing the possibility that he might be burned or severely injured or even killed as he attempted to save his precious children. He had a concern for the least of these, uh, certainly those uh, folks that needed so much help. In Myanmar, uh, the family had adopted, and so the, quite a bit of a, a heart, a love for the orphan there, and, uh, and that was demonstrated in his last actions in attempting to rescue the two boys. Friends, we're going to take a break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about another very difficult situation, perhaps the, the most difficult situation for Christians right now, the most serious injustice going on in America today in terms of the government's treatment of Christians. And uh, so, yes, our government, the Biden administration, is persecuting Christians. I mean, that's just what's happening in this country right now. Be back on that next on Generation. Stay with me. Hello, my friends. For the last 15 years, the Generations team has produced a Christian curriculum specifically for families who want to give their children a God-centered, Bible-saturated, biblical worldview-based education. Our commitment is to restore the Christian faith, generational faith in an age where we are losing faith in this country and almost anywhere around the world where Christian children attend secular schools or use secular curriculum and imbibe secular culture. Now, we're not relying on the pre-Christian Greeks for an educational model here. We're not relying on the post-Christian secularists for the education model either. Our curriculum is based in a biblical worldview. We put hundreds of Bible verses in the history books and integrate the truths into the subjects. We want to glorify God on every page of the science books. We immediately integrate knowledge into life application and natural revelation with special revelation. We keep Christ at the very center of the history books with preparing the world for Jesus and taking the world for Jesus. I believe God is calling this generation in this highly secularized age to a radical change in how they disciple their children. Please check out our program for education of your children and grandchildren at www.generations.org. And we are back on Generations. This is Kevin Swanson, Adam McManus, co-hosting on this edition as well. And the Biden administration playing hardball with pro-lifers. This is the toughest it's been for Christians in this country. As far as I can remember, in the history of the nation, we have not faced anything quite this tough. Uh, There's been almost no media on this, which is very interesting. I think ourselves, World Magazine, and uh, maybe a Right to Life organization or two might have picked up on this. But the President of the United States, uh, Joe Biden, the administration is armed to forbear on this. Vengefulness appears to be uh, the name of the game following the Dodd case, the reversal of Roe v. Wade just a year or two ago. And uh, what we're dealing with now is a trial for the Tennessee 10 uh, kicking off on Tuesday of this week. So this is uh, probably going to go down into history as one of the most egregious, uh, the most tyrannical things that our government has done in this generation. I I can't think of anything outside of the fact that our government's been killing babies for uh, a long time. Now they're uh, prosecuting Christians. And uh, and it all started with a two-hour live stream video of an event uh, involving a pro-life sit-in, effectively, 
in uh, near Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, the there was a uh, group of about 20 individuals. This is a quote from World Magazine. Uh, some children, as well as standing, sitting in a white-walled hallway in front of the entrance to a medical suite at about 8 o'clock in the morning on a Friday. The individuals alternate between singing, praying, reading scripture, and discussing plans for the sit-in, some occasionally stepping away to talk with police officers or women who have arrived at the facility. When police tell them to leave, they continue to sing. Members of the group block the doors of the facility when people, likely patients and employees, attempt to get in. The federal government now has charged seven of the participants with conspiring against the right to obtain reproductive health services protected in the FACE Act and with violating the FACE Act itself. The violations involving blocking the entrance to the abortion facility and interfering with patients and staff charges that amount to a misdemeanor and a maximum of one year in prison. But conspiracy is a felony charge. Uh, punishable up to uh, 10 years in prison. Six of the pro-lifers charged under these counts are on trial this week. So that's that's an update on what what is happening. Here is some real-time uh, audio that came through the theworldview.com, I think, just this last week. And I want to play a portion of this, Adam, before we jump into this. And my understanding is this comes uh, directly from that sit-in on that Friday morning. Is that right? Right. On March 5th, 2021, at 8.30 a.m., this is Coleman Boyd, who had his uh, camera phone and was videotaping as he was both pleading for other Christians. It might have even been a Facebook Live, for all I know, but it ultimately became a video urging Christians to wake up and recognize the egregiousness of abortion and how a sit-in like this in the tradition of Martin Luther King Jr. and Gandhi, will help at that last moment to prompt the woman who scheduled the abortion to reconsider if her abortion is canceled and they have to reschedule it to think again about executing her own child. Okay, so here it is, Coleman Boyd on that fateful day. I will follow you, Lord, and obey you. You show me what you want me to do, and I'll follow you and obey you. What I can tell you it doesn't mean is comfortable American Christian living while babies are being murdered, while souls are slipping into hell. That I know it doesn't mean. So whatever he's calling you to, you've got to seek the Lord. You've got to cry out to God, and you've got to have a heart that I'm going to obey. Be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love, just as Christ also loved us. Later, when Boyd saw a couple outside the Tennessee abortion mill coming towards him, he said this. Right. Good morning, guys. Can I give you some literature? It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know that Christ Jesus came to give life. He came to lay down his life for us. I'm not sure why you're here at this building today, but if you're here for this abortion clinic, I believe we in the day turn away from abortion, turn away from death, and turn to Jesus Christ. You know that Jesus laid down his life so that you can have life. Please talk with us. As the- All right, so that's it. Um, Powerful. Wow, doesn't sound like a felony to me. I love the accuracy and the truth of what he's saying. And yeah, I think what we need to underscore for any generation's listeners who are a little uncomfortable about the idea of a sit-in, civil disobedience, in front of an abortion mill, this, as all of them are, strictly peaceful, not violent, not threatening with violence, just wanting to prompt that woman to think twice and and you could hear how he you know had this very compassionate tone if you're if you're coming to this building today to get an abortion please choose christ don't choose death we've got some literature will you please talk with us will you take it these people are winsome 
they're loving, they're Christ-like. And for that, they're going to get 11 years. Yeah, there's, there's, no, there's no mean interaction between these, uh, these Christians and those coming in to kill their kids. Uh, these folks were as polite as they could be. Uh, they were nonviolent, as you just said. There was no physical pushing or shoving involved. Worst case, they're guilty of trespassing. Um, but uh, on the other hand, friends, uh, the business may have lost $1,000 in business uh, killing kids on that particular morning. Uh, so let's let's just take the position of the baby killers for just a second. Well, actually, I know that not even to be true. They were up and going within about two hours. So they, they virtually lost nothing. The appointments were delayed. Well, okay. Well, let, let's just say worst case, they lost 1000 bucks. That's not 11 years in prison. No, it's not. That's not a fine of $350,000. Okay, so what we're looking at here is one of the most unjust situations ever. And, of course, we're, you know, just for a moment, assuming that they were trespassing and they shouldn't have been there. Well, I think they should have been there. And I think they did their God-ordained duty to stand up and to keep these folks from killing their kids on that particular Friday morning in Tennessee. So uh, characteristically in this country also, remember, sit-ins have been allowed for many, many forms of protest in America. Not not for Christians, of course, not for persons who follow God, but only for socialists, labor strikes, communists, revolutionaries, and environmentalists. That's, that's you know, it ter- turns out that our governments are extremely, extremely biased and prejudiced against uh, Christians, and uh, this is no way, no way to run a government. These, this is uh, the height of injustice, and uh, we are seeing, I would say, one of the most unjust things occurring right now that we've seen in the history of this country. You think I'm exaggerating on that, Adam? I don't. Uh, of course, there are some wonderful people who have participated in civil disobedience, and that would be those who are standing up for the right of blacks to participate equally in society and for example sit-ins at the at the white only lunch counters etc and i i uh applaud that i think that's fantastic but christians should be afforded the same how many of those how many of those folks have served 11 years in a right well exactly for 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 trying to you you know maintain their position in a bus or you know i mean come on this is this is the height of injustice right right the tradition is alive and well, and it is something that it might be punishable for you know, 30 days in jail or a little fine of, of a $500 or something, but certainly not $250,000 in fines and 11 years in federal prison. It's clear that Joe Biden and his minions, really more his minions because he seems to be the marionette that has his strings pulled these days, are upset that Dobbs came down that this was part of Trump's legacy, and it came down while Biden was president. In that Dobbs decision that came down June 24th, mm-hmm. 2022, the majority of the Supreme Court justices determined that Roe v. Wade had been wrongly decided, and there is no constitutional right to abortion. And so this is part of their vengefulness. Remember, a lot of these people are in their late 70s. I mean, these are not threatening people. You know, some of them were teenagers. Chet Gallagher, the one who organized it all, is a wonderful pro-life hero. He, back in 1989, was a Las Vegas, Nevada cop. And the mm-hmm. pro-life rescuers at the height of the rescue movement, and that's a term that's used for the civil disobedience in front of an abortion bill. Again, the point is 
not just to be troublemakers. The point is to literally save children that day. There are women who've scheduled their abortions of their babies that day, and if they can block the doors peacefully, nonviolently, of an abortion mill and, you know, 15 across and the police have to come out and then the women aren't going to go in or they're nervous, whatever, then they have to reschedule and they might rethink what they're doing and might think, you know what, I don't think what I was doing was right in the first place. So they understand what we all know to be true, that there is certain execution that's going to happen to that child in that womb unless someone does something even more drastic than even the the pro-life counseling from the street where you're not blocking any doors, you're just kind of calling out, you're holding signs, you're offering literature. This is a more perhaps confrontational way of saving those babies. Chet Gallagher, back to him, he had the pro-life rescue movement come to his town And he was so convicted by the truth of what the pro-life rescuers were saying and what motivated them to peaceably participate in this civil disobedience tradition in front of an abortion mill that he, A, refused to arrest the pro-life rescuers, and then B, started participating with them and was arrested in uniform and has dedicated virtually the balance of his life. We have a link to it. If you look at the Worldview newscast transcript, from January 15th, we have a link to some fascinating background on him, video on him, who Chet Gallagher is. He's devoted decades of his life to rescuing children all over America. I want to take up just a minute to the Christian doubters, the naysayers, and the Monday morning quarterbacks who are disagreeing with these folks on strategy. Now, we can disagree on strategy. That's all right. But I think we have to be very, very cautious in condemning our brothers and sisters that are choosing this particular approach. Now, of course, God calls us to different things as well. It's not as if we're all called to the same identical ministry or the same identical approach to dealing with issues, cultural issues, social issues, uh, evangelism, these sorts of things. Uh, But let me ask you this. uh, What are you doing? (laughs) It's a good question to ask everybody. You got got a naysayer, got a doubter, got somebody who's trying to money more to quarterback these folks for what they did to get arrested. And you have to ask, well, what are you doing for the cause of saving lives or saving souls? Either way, uh, it seems to me that, you know, anybody who's not doing anything should just shut up. <laughs> I don't want to be too direct here, but, you know, I think that'd be the first Set thing to Christian do is love. just shut up. Uh the best thing they're doing, I think, is raising an awareness as to the uh, egregiousness of abortion. So uh, here's the question. Assuming these abortion clinics are tearing the limbs off of little babies and murdering hundreds and thousands of these little ones created in the image of God, here's my question. Should somebody risk getting arrested for trying to save a life using the most urgent means available sans violence? You know, not violent, but, but just the most urgent means they can think of without violence. Would that be appropriate? You know, given that... We have a pretty urgent problem on our hands here uh, that somebody would step in and and act somewhat in an urgent manner. Again, a, not a violent manner, but an urgent manner in order to bring about the save of a life on any given day. Would that be appropriate? I think, you know, any reasonable person would say, yeah, I think that would be appropriate. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but But the problem, of course, the average person doesn't think of abortion as a violent act. They don't think of abortion as tearing up a baby, uh, killing a little child made in the image of God. I, that's the problem. And, and that's why I think it's appropriate for somebody to step out and say, hey, this is a problem, and, and I'm going to be a little bit more urgent in my call to stop this thing. 
there is a wonderful website that has featured firsthand accounts of some of the pro-life rescuers. The website is stifledcry.com. That's stifledcry.com. And I know we have the firsthand account from one of the Tennessee 10, Paul Vaughn, from his previous appearance on Tucker Carlson when Tucker had a Fox News show about what happened the day he was arrested yeah. long after yeah. the March 5th, 2021 sit-in. Yeah, let me play that clip one more time just so our listeners get a feel. This is Paul Vaughn on the Tucker Carlson show. Uh, this would have been a couple months ago. Listen. When my kids go out to the car to go to school and the FBI pulls up armed, running to the door, and one of them goes to the kids and holds the kids with a long gun aside of my driveway and does not let them go into the house. That is absolutely, as my wife said in the video, unacceptable. All right, so that was it. Uh, apparently, the FBI, you know, had uh, held up his kids in the driveway uh, with the long gun. We have heard over and over that the Justice Department has been weaponized in the case of trying to prosecute Donald Trump for the election issue. And I think there's some truth to that. But there, the Justice Department certainly has been weaponized as it has attacked pro-lifers and Catholic people in particular uh, who have a heart for the child in the womb. There's a wonderful quote I hope we also can get to from Peter Breen of the Beckett Fund, the attorney for Paul Vaughn, who also appeared on that Tucker Carlson show. Those who were arrested were leaning on the tradition of Dr. Martin Luther King. He himself was inspired by Mahatma Gandhi. I mean, this is the great tradition of American civil disobedience, and it's not the sort of thing that you turn into a 10-year felony. We believe we have very strong defenses and hope to beat these charges at trial. All right. So now, I, personally, I, I think what happens with our judicial system and our media today is what's good for the goose is not good for the gander. So there is, you know, a significant lack of uh, fairness in our entire legal system, the way that uh, they look at these forms of, of protest. Remember, the leftist media has entered into an unwritten secret agreement with leftist protesters to cover their events and to seek to effect public policy by covering their events because the leftist media is itself a demonic conspiracy. Uh, but pro-lifers, okay, uh, they're probably not going to affect the media, the mainstream media. Hey, the mainstream media is not even covering this trial. I mean, I, I, I did all kinds of searches this morning. You know, this is the most significant trial going on in America today, and yet it's not mentioned anywhere, as far as I can tell, in the news. Uh, so, you know, these protests are not going to affect the media. They're not going to affect government. They're not going to affect public policy for those who have hardened their hearts. But uh, I do think pro-lifers who are willing to go to jail for the sake of babies and saving babies would probably make an impression on the consciences of Christians. And and I think that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to at least try to reach the last few Christians in America with a, a message saying, hey, this is the real deal. Uh, anybody's still got a little bit of conscience left in this country, perhaps we might be able to get a few people 
uh, to stop killing their babies, maybe even to stop using abortifacients and these contraceptives that have the abortifacient qualities like IUD and the birth control pill. It might be that we could speak to the conscience of the last few Christians or the last few people in this country who still have something of a conscience about uh, killing babies made in the image of God. Besides abortion, friends, I think this is a very, very serious injustice going on in America today. This is beyond forcing a baker to make a cake for a homosexual. I Honestly, I, I think this is big. I think it's a really major deal, and uh, Christians are being persecuted by the civil magistrates, specifically by the federal government, by the Biden administration, and we need to make a big deal out of this. I would hope that every single Christian news outlet would be covering this story right now. Well, there are two scriptures that I think are wonderfully appropriate. The first, to your point about the injustice of the Justice Department, they have turned Romans 13.3 on its ear. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you right, want to be right, free right. from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and you will be commended. Not only is the Biden administration not commending the pro-life rescuers, they're stringing them up by their toenails and hanging them out to dry for 11 years in, in, in jail in, in, in a cell where some of them are old enough they're going to die in there if they, if they actually get that sentence, much less the 350,000. Ten Christians. Ten Christians facing 11 years in prison right now. It's the Tennessee 10 facing trial for simply sitting down in front of an abortion clinic and just encouraging people not to kill their kids. Um, Wow. The second scripture is Proverbs 31.8. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Yeah. That's exactly what the Tennessee 10 did. That's what they did. Yep. And just give a little bit of a face to some of these folks. Um, I've got a friend who, who... knows these people fairly well. And he gave me a bit of a summary on them. Eva Adele escaped from an extermination camp in her Tito. This would have been, I guess, back in the 1960s, 1970s. She's been arrested over 100 times in the U.S. uh, for loving her neighbors, that is the little babies, Uh, hundreds, hundreds of little ones alive today because of her efforts. Dennis Green, a cancer survivor, father of 13. He's had many trips to China to spread the gospel in China. He's arrested many times in the U.S. again for loving his neighbors here. Uh, Cal Gazastra as well, multiple trips to spread the gospel in China, also Ukraine. He's been arrested many, many times in the U.S. for loving his neighbor here. Uh, hundreds, hundreds of, of little babies alive today, children alive today because of the efforts of Cal Zastro. His uh, daughter, Eva, also same thing. She's served in refugee camps in Sudan. Uh, she has uh, conducted many mission trips to China as well. And um, she's been arrested many times herself for loving her neighbor. Heather Idoni has, uh, is facing, I think, 33 years in prison. She's been arrested three times and facing these face charges uh, from the Federal Justice Department uh, in three different cities. Uh, so Heather is uh, a grandmother. Uh, she is in jail right now, awaiting sentencing for her attempt to rescue the preborn neighbors in D.C., many trips in Ukraine as well to support churches there. I believe she's adopted a number of children from the Ukraine, and again, hundreds of little ones alive today because of the efforts of uh, this woman as well. So uh, these are pro-lifers who have saved hundreds upon hundreds of lives uh, by just simply 
getting in front of abortion clinics and telling people, not today, don't kill your kids uh, today. So prayer requests that have come from a number of pastors uh, in a church in Tennessee that supports these folks, and I just received this by email this week. Now, these are the prayer requests for these folks, that uh, the Tennessee 10 that are on trial uh, right now facing the face charges. Uh, pray for these parties, uh, pray for the legal defense, uh, that they would uh, repent of any sins that would hinder them in the battle, that God would grant them clarity of mind and peace of spirit in the courtroom. Pray they would have eyes to see the spiritual dimension of the battle. Pray that they would have wisdom from heaven, not of this world. Also pray for the defendants, that they would repent of any sins and be pure before God, that they might uh, effectively intercede for the legal team and can cover them with prayers, that they might discern what way God may wish to reach the prosecution, the judge, the court personnel, etc. Ask that God would guide their prayers and lead them as they seek him. Pray that the defendants will represent uh, Jesus well and truly for the sake of all who are watching. Pray for those that persecute as well. Pray that God would defeat them. They're in power. They are in opposition to God. There are two options when they are exposed to Christ in us. They need to see Christ and be confronted their sins by a spirit. They can respond by repenting or by hardening their hearts against the truth of the gospel either way. So just pray that they would repent. If they do not repent, May God remove them from power, fill them with the guilt of their sin, and humble them in another picture of grace uh, to allow them a second opportunity to know him in their humility. Uh, Pray that they are being used by the enemy. They would see that. Uh, and that they would, uh, the enemy would be confounded, confused, etc. Pray that the spiritual reality would thwart their discipline and natural talent. Pray that this would be so powerful and obvious that they would clearly see it as a judgment from their Creator. And pray that God would send His angels and would restrain the spiritual principles and powers that have taken up so much dominion in the courthouse uh, today. So these are the specific prayer requests that have been uh, put forward for these particular uh, folks. The judge is Aletta Trauger. Pray for the judge. Pray for the prosecution team. The U.S. Attorney's Office, Amanda Klopp, is heading the group. Uh, U.S. Attorney Kyle Boyton as well. Uh, defense attorneys, Jody Ball, uh, David Cooper, Larry Kane, Manuel Russ, uh, Robert Paris, Bill Conway, Steve Crampton, Leonard Lucas, Carrie Haymaker, St- uh, Steve Thornton, etc. And then pray for the defendants, uh, Chester Gallagher, uh, we just mentioned him, Heather Idoni, Calvin Zastro, also, uh, Coleman Boyd, uh, Paul Vaughn, Dennis Green, Eva Ed- Edel, uh, Eva Zastro, James Zastro, and uh, Paul Play. So those are the defendants in this particular trial. So please lift up these folks as they face the trial of their lives in Tennessee right now. And may God... Uh, bring forth uh, a tremendous uh, victory uh, for the cause of life and uh, for the cause of the kingdom of Jesus through all of this. I would add that there was a minor victory for the pro-life rescuers. The court on Wednesday granted the pro-lifers motion that employees and a patient of the abortion mill in Mount Juliet outside of Nashville, Tennessee, testify using their real names instead of pseudonyms. All right. Well, may the truth prevail, may righteousness prevail uh, in this trial and certainly in this nation. And uh, even though sometimes we may lose, we are still more than conquerors through him who loves us. And uh, certainly God will find a way to bring justice to bear at every single point in human history. It will happen. 
It will happen. God's justice will prevail. It may just take some more time for that to happen. But trust him that he will bring a good outcome from all of this. Even as we go through these tribulations, friends, remember we are still, still more than conquerors through him who loves us. And that wraps up this edition of the Generations Broadcast. This is Kevin Swanson and Adam McManus inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation.